a kid and reading my comic books, there would always be ads uh, from Charles Atlas. Who remembers Charles Atlas? Okay, we got, you're all old people. You know, if you remember Charles Atlas, you've been around a while, except you, Corey, you're not, I'm sorry. Um, I think he was Mr. Universe or something. I mean, and they, these ads would always say, you know, if you buy this particular piece of exercise equipment, you know, you too can look like Charles Atlas. And and uh, do you remember the, the grip things, the grip strength things? There was a spring with the two handles, and you'd sit around and squeeze these things. Boy, I did that, and oh, it's just like a steel trap now, you know, <laughs> um, when the arthritis isn't acting up. And then uh, you remember the, there's like four springs and two handles, and these, uh, was there five springs? Yeah, you'd stretch these things, and they were going to build up your chest muscles. Well, obviously, worked for me. And... Uh, you know, and then when I was about 12, I, I wanted a weight set because all these guys were, were weightlifters. That's how they built up their strength. So I had to have a set of weights. And I remember the bar weighed like 30 pounds. <laughs> and so I'd put like five pounds on each end. And I would, you know, you got to grunt when you do it. Yeah! Ha! Hoo, hoo, hoo. 
You know, you do all that. And, that, and <laughs> my sister would say, it doesn't look like very big weights on there. It's like, shut up. You know, and I'd put them down. And uh, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, it didn't work for me. I never made it to the Atlas stage, the Charles Atlas stage. But I, but I always love it. And then I came up with this TV show, The World's Strongest Man competition. Do you any of you watch that? Where, you know, they would carry boulders and they would uh, flip over huge tires. And uh, one time they even tied ropes to the front of semi truck and these guys were actually pulling semi trucks over their shoulder and I thought that's so cool I was just amazed that people could become that strong so and I tell you all that because it's it's probably not uh, hard to believe then that one of my favorite Bible characters is Samson um, a man of strength boy when I was a kid and a Sunday school teacher would say we're gonna talk about Samson it's like all right Samson it's like the Charles Atlas of the Bible. And I got excited when I found out that they are making a new movie about Samson. Um, have you seen the old one? There's an old, old movie. Uh, and Victor Mature played Samson. Yeah, come on, who's seen it? Who's seen it? Old people, old people, every one of them that says that. Uh, but it's, it's a great movie. But they're coming out with a new one this Friday. And so I want to show you the uh, movie trailer for Samson. Remember the prophecy. Samson, chosen by the living God to be his hand of vengeance. It's his will, but it is not mine. This God who gives you such strength. Three vows were bestowed upon me. No wine, no touching the dead, no cutting of my hair. There are whispers of a Hebrew with great strength. It is a story for slaves, nothing more. I want you to investigate this. You find me the secret of his power, my Delilah. If you wanted to fight, you should have brought more men. I want him dead. He has the strength of a god. I saw it with my own eyes. He is not a god! Samson, the Philistines are upon you. My strength is now your strength. No! What you have beaten. Samson, and you will face the wrath of God. Bring on the popcorn. I'm, I'm ready to, to see Samson. But you know, as much as I enjoy the story of Samson because it's about a hero, it's about a man of strength, the thing that really resonates with me about his story is that it's not only a story of great faith but colossal failure. I mean Samson failed completely at one point in his life. 
And I can, I can relate. I've had those moments of great faith experiences where I was about as close to God as I think I could get. And I've had those moments of colossal failure in my life where I've, uh, I don't know why he even bothers with me anymore. And the story of Samson is truly a story of redemption. And it's a story I can relate to. Perhaps, perhaps you can too. Samson was given everything he needed to succeed. There were three things that Samson had. He had a calling, he had the, a blessing, and he had the power of God. First, I want to look at his calling. I'm, I'm in, it's kind of hard to pick scripture because the Samson story covers four chapters in the book of Judges. But I want to read this one from kind of the beginning of the story. It said, A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, that you do not eat anything unclean, because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head because he, the boy is to be a Nazarite set apart to God from birth. And he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Before Samson was even conceived, he had a calling. He had a purpose in life. And it was to begin the deliverance of the Israelites from the Philistines. This is back in the days of the judges. Israel had been led by Moses, then Joshua took over and he led them into the promised land and got them established as a nation. And then we move into the period of the judges, uh, where different people were called by God to rise up and lead Israel until that time that they would eventually have a king. And so Samson is in this time period of the judges. And the Philistines were merciless in their oppression of the Israelites. And God said, enough. And he was going to use Samson to begin to free his people from the Philistines. And so he called him. Just as he's called each of us. Do you know you have a calling? If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a calling. And it's the same for all of us. To become more like Jesus so that we might draw the world to Jesus. That's your calling. To become more like Jesus so you can draw the world to Jesus. Um, this is all over the scriptures. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, Be imitators of God and live a life of love just as Christ loved us. That's a tall order, isn't it? Be imitators of God. And it's an order we could never fill apart from Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.6, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. Sometimes we think that once we've become a Christian, we can check that off. We're done with that. Okay. Believe in Jesus. Be baptized. Okay. Done. And we don't realize that that's... 
enlisting <laughs> in the people of God, coming to believe in Jesus and receiving him as your Savior, sets you on a path that you will walk the rest of your life. It's not something that you check the box and say it's done. It's something you must continue to do. And in 1 John 2, 6, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. That's your calling. So that, as it was said in Acts 1, 8, we can be his witnesses, starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, wherever you are, wherever you go, your life should reflect Jesus. People should be able to look at you and say, I'm not sure what it is, but there's a difference in this person's life. And then that's where our witness comes in, to help them understand what it is that makes the difference in our life. So Samson had a calling, and we have a calling. Now Samson also had God's blessing. There were three things that the angel told Samson's mother he should never do in his life. I'm going to check how, how good attention you paid when I read the scripture here. What, what are those three things? No wine or it said fermented drink. So basically no alcohol. Don't eat anything unclean. And don't cut your hair. Very good. Very good. You know, if you don't understand the don't eat unclean thing, uh, you know, God gave his people certain rules about eating and certain foods were declared clean and certain were unclean. And it had to do with health considerations uh, as well as other things. So he just had given them these rules. But whenever they were under the thumb of an oppressor, they got kind of lax in following them. They'd say, well, you know, we're here where the Philistines are kind of ruling over us and... This is what they eat. We should just eat what they eat. And so in order to set Samson apart, he was, in other words, they were saying he must obey God's word. He must obey God's laws. He must not be lax in following them like, like many others are. And then he must never cut his hair. Now, I, I want to clear up something that's often misunderstood about this story. The strength of Samson did not come from his hair. If you just read the story kind of quickly, breeze through there, that's the impression you're going to come away with. He lets his hair grow, he's strong, they cut his hair, he loses it. So the strength is in his hair. But the scripture tells us that's not true. Uh, in Joshua 13, 25, it says, The Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. About the time he began to receive God's power is when the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. And several times throughout his story, it says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. So the power, the strength that Samson had came from the Spirit of God within him. And the not cutting of his hair was simply an outward sign of his devotion to God. The no drinking wine, the no eating unclean foods, and not cutting his hair were all kind of outward symbols of his devotion to God and the accepting of his calling from God. Okay? So, uh, and because he accepted God's calling, because he did those three things, he had God's blessing. 
And because he accepted God's calling and had God's blessing, he received God's power. These things are all interconnected. And that power resulted in Samson having extraordinary strength. Strength beyond any ordinary man could have. If you read through his story and you saw several scenes from the movie there, uh, he, he was attacked by a lion and killed that lion with his bare hands. He, at one time there were these big iron gates and he just tore them off and threw them down. Uh, he would be bound with, with big strong ropes and he would just pop them off uh, like they were nothing. And then probably his most famous feat of strength was when he killed a thousand Philistines with nothing but the jawbone of a donkey. Now, when I was a kid and I heard that he slayed a thousand people with a, a bone, I'm thinking like a ham bone, you know, a bone from a dog or something. Now, how, do you, how do you do that? So I, I wanted to know what the jawbone of a donkey looked like, and I, I managed to have one. Anybody else have a donkey jawbone? I, I do have to confess, this is actually a horse's jawbone. You know, I, I couldn't quite come up with just a donkey. But they're in the same family, okay? This is the jawbone of a horse. And as you saw, you probably saw a glimpse of it in that movie. This could become a formidable weapon. I mean, this is something that you could take and use to defeat your enemy. And it was with this that Samson killed a thousand Philistines who had been oppressing the people of God. He had everything he needed to succeed. He had God's calling, God's blessing, and God's power. So what happened? <laughs> I mean, if the story ended there, it'd be, it'd be a great story of faith, wouldn't it? But it doesn't end there. The story of Samson is not only one of great faith, but of colossal failure. Throughout his life, he struggled with humility and with self-reliance. And you imagine how hard it is to be a child growing up who is so much stronger than everyone else. He was probably the, the best kid in his class, you know, top of his class. He was probably the greatest athlete in his school. Imagine Samson playing football. Tackle Samson. Uh, you tackle Samson. I'm not, he's like a rock moving across the field. I'm not going to do that. Samson could literally hit a baseball a mile. <laughs> he couldn't play basketball because every time he dunked it, he tore the rim down. So, sorry, no, no basketball, but. I mean, you could just imagine Samson growing up, and what about the girls swooning over him for his beautiful hair and his bulging biceps? So throughout his life, he would have struggled with humility and self-reliance. And here's what happened to Samson. Everybody that God calls, Satan tries to deceive. Everybody that God blesses, Satan tries to deny that blessing in their life. Everyone that God empowers, Satan tries to rob of that power by tempting them to sin and to fall into sin. And that's exactly what happened to Samson. At some point in his life, as he began this relationship with Delilah, he decided that this relationship was more important 
than his calling from God. Did you catch that? I love that scene in the movie. There's the old guy with the big beard, uh, kind of like a prophet looking guy. And, and he, he says to Samson, but this is God's will. And did you catch his response? But it's not mine. See that he got to a point where he wanted to use this strength that he had for his own purposes rather than fulfilling the purpose of God. And he didn't lose his strength because Delilah cut his hair. He lost his strength because he let Delilah cut his hair. He allowed his devotion to God to be compromised. That one of those things that God said never do, he did. And that was his way of turning his back on God and say, I'm going my own way. I'm going to use these things that I have in my life the way I want to use them for me rather than you. And that's when it all fell apart. And that's true in our lives as well. You know, we can have great faith. There can be those moments when we are as close to God as we think we can get. But if we're not careful, Satan will deceive those who God calls. He will deny the blessing of those who have it. And he will seek to rob you of that same spirit's power in your life that Samson had. And you will fall. You will fail. Miserably. But here's why I love the story of Samson. It's not just a story of strength and of faith. It's a story of failure and how faith is always greater than failure. When Samson uh, allowed Delilah to cut his hair, when he broke faith with God, he became weak. He was easily captured by his enemies. He was blinded. He was heartbroken that the one he loved betrayed him. And broken in both body and spirit, he languished in a Philistine prison. And not only that, but they humiliated him. They had this, uh, what they would do with grain when they would harvest the grain is they would throw it out on the ground and then there'd be this big old stone that they would hook an animal to this pole and the animal would just walk around in a circle rolling this stone over the grain to crush it and to take out the chaff and, and get the good grain. It's usually a donkey or an ox that was used for that. Well, they, they chained Samson to that stone and said, you know, you slew a thousand of us with the jawbone of a donkey, now you can do the work of a donkey. Utter humiliation. But in the midst of that, something happened inside Samson. I, I love the way the scripture puts it. It said, his hair began to grow. But his hair was not the only thing growing. Remember, that's the outward symbol of what is happening within. As his hair began to grow, so did his faith. Samson realized now that he was utterly and completely dependent upon God. His pride had been broken. His self-reliance had been crushed. And he said, God, I am yours and yours alone. He asked God to renew his calling 
to restore his blessing so he could regain his power. He repented of his sins and he turned his heart back to God. Let me read you the end of the story. It's my favorite part. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there, and the roof... And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed. Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. Then his brothers and his father's whole family went down to get him. They brought him back and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had led Israel 20 years. Samson was able to accomplish in his death what he had failed to do in his life. He began the deliverance of his people from the Philistines. And he did it because he was restored to God's calling, God's blessing, <laughs> and God's power. <laughs> Not sure why I'm getting all this feedback, but... Um, And we need to do the same. When we fail, we need to do exactly what Samson did. We need to remember who we are. I'm not a failure. I'm not a loser. I am a child of God. I am someone that Christ loves, that Christ died for, that Christ has forgiven, and has prepared a place for in eternity. And I'm not about to wallow in this sin and be less than who I am. And when we remember who we are, when we ask God to renew his calling in our life, then he will restore his blessing and we will regain his power, the ability to live the life that he has called us to live. Failure is never final because faith is always greater. Let us pray. God, I thank you so much for loving us. I thank you for calling us to be 
your children. Thank you for blessing us and thank you for giving us your power. The same spirit that was in Samson is in us. It may not make us extraordinarily strong in body, but your spirit will make us strong in our soul. And we will be able to accomplish your purpose in our lives. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.